Hello and welcome to Fuck the 90s. That's right. We're done with this shit. That's a dark way to start the episode. Well, yeah, between the song and, and this. Yeah. Oof, it's, but I, it's tough. I mean, I still love the 90s. Like, I do too. That is not, that's not, that's not changing. That has not changed. The, de- the decade is still the same. It will Great always decade. remain the same. It's set in stone unless someone invents time travel and we are stuck in the 90s. Your weekly nostalgia podcast for the last time dedicated to chronicling the years 1990 through to and including 1999. My name is Chris Alfick. My name is Connor Thompson. We were your hosts. And we still are for the next know, half hour. 10, 20 minutes, half sure, hour. Yeah, tw- yeah, No, 20 minutes, aim low. Five minutes. Yeah. This week, we're going to be talking about whatever the fuck we want. Oh, hey, cheers to you and cheers to that. Yeah. Ooh, that's foaming. We've been drinking, and we still are. Hey, did you ha- you managed to you managed to get some pre drinks in before me, right? I did manage to get some pre drinks in with dinner at our local craft brewery, Taps. Shout out to Talia for driving. Dd, all the way. I am oh. home, so I don't have to drive anywhere. My car is parked, and you know, safety first. Smart. Uh, before we dive in, this week's episode is brought to you by Eric Mir, who sent us. Uh, the intro that you heard, and in fact, the intro we've used for every episode since, since almost ooh. the very beginning. Yeah, a couple couple weeks, couple months in, uh, it's oh, all weeks. been him. Eric sent us the following somber yeah. message. And this isn't so much a sponsor, just as something we really wanted to read, and just a sh- shout out to an awesome dude. It really, inca- you'll see. He writes, Dear Stuck in the 90s podcast, a.k.a. CNC Podcast Factory. Love it. At this point, I've already chuckled aloud. It is saddening to hear that this podcast is coming to an end. I've listened to almost every episode, and not just because I wrote the jingle, although it's nice to have the ego stroked weekly. That said, even I, the most zealous Stuck in the 90s fan, stopped listening for the past couple of months. I think partly it's because, as a listener, I could tell you to have grown out of the project and want to reach for better and bigger things. Oh no, better. Just better. I inserted bigger. That's fine. That's life. And we can't all be stuck in the 90s forever. Eventually, you have to grow up, ditch your noodle hair and your boy brand for the next great decade, the 2000s. Thanks to this podcast, I've wooed a few ladies. Not really. And I've even gotten a couple of paid jingle writing jobs. Nice. I've attached a somber acoustic re-record of the jingle for you to use, hopefully, in the last episode, which, obviously, you heard. Eternally stuck in the 20th century's greatest decade, Eric Mir, a.k.a. Rick Riffs. P.S. Some other stuff that we're not going to read. P.P.S. though, if you wanted to mention my Upwork page, Eric Mir, that's Eric, E-R-I-C, Mir, M-U-I-R, or my band, all caps lock, all one word, Guitarfire100, the number 100. That's awesome. Guitar Fire 100. It'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and you guys have heard that jingle for years, years now. Years, literally years. And it's pretty awesome. It encapsulates what we are all about as a podcast, what we've been all about, and what, you know, our spirit will continue to be about, despite not recording weekly episodes or, you know, episodes at all. You'll probably hear from us from time to time. Like, uh, we're not shutting down the Facebook page. Yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, we are still going to be checking that. We still want to talk 90s with any of you. And, like, we've tried to talk about this. We're going to probably try to... Like, the podcast is going to be left up a bit, so anyone straggling behind will have time to listen to uh, the remaining episodes. 
And then we're going to try to like upload it to YouTube, maybe just with like a static image the whole time. Uh, just so if you want to get anyone into this podcast, there is still going to be a way to do it. Uh, and I don't know, maybe we'll maybe we'll come back for a special here and there. Yeah, something I mean, like that. Yeah, it's just the whole this last month that we haven't really been recording. It's, it's been kind of nice. It has been like, yeah. I, I like doing this podcast. It's fun. Me too. It's a good excuse for us to hang out every week and, you know, stuff like that. But also, it becomes work to hang out every week, and I don't think either of us want that. No, it it's, like, the fun part about hanging out is just the hanging out. It's almost like we, had, like we sigh heavily, like, uh, okay, now let's do the podcast. And that's, that's yeah. not how this started out. We've been here for an hour and a half before we recorded this. Now we've just exactly been, we've just been hanging out, and that's the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And like this is fun now, but only because we've taken a month break from it. Yeah, right? and like it's still yeah. Like the podcast has never been unfun. It's just also it's kind of weighed down on us. Yeah, I it's agree. A, it's a it's a backpack, and every now and then you're putting an extra book in it. That said, let's let's start to lighten our load as we get into. 90s news now. Yes. There's some good shit. All right. So I've been really, really into uh, these funnier die videos called Zach Morris is trash. The best part about it is that when Chris brought it up to me, I not only knew what he was talking about, but just watched one yesterday. Yeah. These are like five minute video essays on why Saved by the Bell's more or less star character, Zach Morris is a piece of shit which he certainly is yeah and they're so well done and they just pick an episode and illustrate why in this particular in this particular journey at bayside zach morris is up to some shady ass shit that you know is kind of morally depraved there's also another series that funnier die produces called a very special episode that is, uh, it's pretty good. They go through different 80s and 90s series and just, uh, you know, just, just check it out on YouTube. If you're into this podcast, you will be super into that as long as you're into moving pictures and video. Now we would like to discuss the most important news about a Canadian from the 90s mm. that has ever been discussed mm. on the podcast. I cannot honestly believe that I'm about to say the words I'm about to say. This is the This is like the best news we can end a 90s news now on. Rick Moranis is back. He's back. Like, breathe it in. Soak it in. Revel in it. Marinate in it. He's back. I found out through a Facebook post from one friend to another that he is going to be involved in uh, in a Second City documentary. I've also heard, I haven't had time to verify this, but he may or may not be reprising a Dark Helmet role in some form, uh, maybe a cameo, I don't know. Yeah, it was Are they making a, a Spaceballs 2? No, it was a cameo on the Goldbergs. I don't, okay. I don't think Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money, is happening. Oh, uh, that's rough. It'd but be like, fun, though. The fact that he's even dipping his toes back into the acting game is very exciting. amazing. As a Canadian, as a fan of just things that are funny. Rick Moranis being in something thoroughly exciting. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't want to wait any longer. Do you have any more nice news? No. No. We like we end it with Rick Moranis. The best possible thing. That's the true. only other thing 
that could be better is there being a trove like hours of like lost robin williams footage Mm. that would be the only thing that could top this would be like oh yeah he recorded parts for mrs doubtfire 2 five years ago i watched an an interview he did on graham norton like it looked like it was from a good 10 years ago and graham had asked him about a mrs doubtfire 2 and his response was basically like the cat's out of the bag you can't you can't really everyone knows that he's mrs doubtfire right there's a lot you could do with that i just my dream has been to create a movie that is just set in the universe of of mrs delfire that on a tv in the background while characters are interacting or or something you just hear about the life and times of mrs delfire of euphigenia of daniel hillard and the life that he led just have it set in the universe where this was real in the same way that i don't know almost like making an mcu of of something entirely different just Tying in the fact that in the movie, in this movie, this universe had a real Euphigenia Doubtfire. There may or may not have been a Robin Williams, but there was certainly a Daniel Hillard who did some weird shit so he could be with his kids. Well, and almost as importantly, how is Sally Field and is her osteoporosis still manageable? Sally Field has osteoporosis? Yeah, you don't remember those commercials? She was doing commercials for some osteoporosis drug company. Okay. Anyway, let's finally address the elephant, or rather, dinosaur in the room. Ooh, we're going right to because that. Because we've we done you wrong, listeners, and we know that. It's been it's been too long. It's kind of hard to call it March Dino Madness in the middle of May. Oh God. But it is March Dino It's May Madness. Dino Madness. It's some would call it Mayhem. Ooh. May Dino Mayhem. Maidness. I'm done. It came down to two, ladies and gentlemen. Green Yoshi and Baby Sinclair. Chris and I fall on very different sides of this. There are only two sides. And there's one good side and then Chris's choice. And the good side is Baby Sinclair. And I, I'm going to make my case and you should make yours too. Here's, okay. Here's my case for Baby Sinclair being the 90s dinosaur. When you think of Baby Sinclair and the frying pan and Nadamama and dinosaurs, you know that this show is entirely encapsulated in the 90s. So in the pantheon of 90s dinosaurs, that is where Baby Sinclair lives. He's not an 80s dino. He's not a 2000s dino. That is his time. And that is why I believe he should win the competition. Because Baby Sinclair is only a 90s dinosaur, and Yoshi transcends decades. And that's it. A lot of what you said is true. However, Yoshi made his debut six years after Super Mario Brothers in Super Mario World. 1991, the beginning of the decade. And he took the video game world by storm. He may have had a shoddy appearance in the Super Mario Brothers movie because that was a pile of trash. <laughs> I'll be honest. Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island was all about Yoshi. Yoshi had some of his best appearances in the 90s. Let's ca- let's move right to the end of the 90s and cap it off with Super Smash Brothers. Like we've got 
the introduction of Yoshi, 1991, 1990 possibly for the Japanese version, introducing this dinosaur that Mario can ride on, and he does some cool shit. He gets wings. He can eat enemies. Mario could never eat enemies. He ferries a baby Mario to safety in Yoshi's Island. He probably does some other things too that are maybe impressive, maybe not. But he caps off the 90s being a formidable fighter in Super Smash Brothers, going up against Link, Star Fox, Samus, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, Jigglypuff for some reason, Kirby, and holding his own. Yoshi, Green Yoshi, the only one to make it this far. He's fucking Yoshi. And he's the only one to make it this far, aside from the better dinosaur, Baby Sinclair. Um, but let's let's see what the people said. Because the people have spoken. The votes are in. Is tabulated. There is a winner, and I honestly don't know who it is. In keeping with the theme, Chris does. So, ladies and gentlemen, your 2018 March Dino Madness winner. Chris is drinking a lot. Is it Baby Sinclair? Oh, God, I hope so. I just finished my beer. I still have like half my beer left. Okay, well. Pat for a bit. Oh, I have to pat for a bit. Okay, so I think Chris is getting another beer. I'm pretty sure it's Baby Sinclair. I feel like he just drank a lot because it's Baby Sinclair and he's upset about it. But I'm very excited. I feel like Baby Sinclair is going to fucking fry one of those eggs. Fry one of those eggs in his pan. He's prepared. He's equipped, you know? Dude. Yeah. Dude. Lay it on me. I'm excited. Motherfucker! It is a dead split. <laughs> 50 fucking 50. We're down the middle. Fuck. You could not write it better. What do we do here? The winner's Baby Sinclair. Well, obviously I disagree with that. No, just, just, the, no just the first two words. We can... Well, obviously. I don't know if we can... Can we do a coin flip? Can we leave something this extreme to a coin flip to sudden death? No. Call a friend. Yeah, call, yeah, call a friend. Call call, a friend. call someone. Who is a neutral party? I don't know. Mark, your call grandma. Mark. Call your grandma. No, not call my grandma. We'll call Stan. No, Stan was too much of a Nintendo fanboy. I think Mark is a fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. This is the first time we are phoning a friend on the podcast. Speaking of the 90s, I'm pretty sure Who Wants to Be a Millionaire debuted in 1999. I think it did. And we have not talked about that at all. Oh, this is very exciting. Okay. You just, as neutral as possible, which one is better? Baby St. Clair, Green Yoshi. This isn't going well. This is not going well. You have reached. Oh, for... Okay. Shit. Um, who else can we call? We're probably going to cut a lot of this out. Yeah, we're going to cut a lot of this out for sure. I can't do it. Oh, oh never mind. I can't back. do it. Hello, Mark. Hey, man. What the shit is that? Hey, give me a second. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Okay, we need, we need some help. We need some, we need some help right now. You are live on the last recording of Stuck in the 90s. This is a big deal. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So we have run a March Dino Madness bracket. That has come down to two 90s dinosaurs. The first is the classic Green Yoshi. And the second 
is the beloved baby Sinclair. Those are the two picks? Those are what's left. Those yeah. are those are what's left. In oh, you wow. We did we ran voting. It came back deadlocked. 50 50. Really? So Mark, to break the tie. And Chris and I feel differently about this too. We're on oh, opposite yeah. sides. Yeah. To break the tie, in your mind, who is the quintessential 1990s dinosaur? Is it Baby Sinclair or Green Yoshi? Oh, wow. Why are you putting this on me? Because we thought you're a neutral party. Yeah, you are the most neutral party we could think of. Uh, okay. And we okay. assume that you know who both are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I would have thought the 90s dinosaur would have been a velociraptor from Jurassic Park, to be honest with you. He got but, voted out uh, a while ago. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm in the middle of band practice here. Uh, oh. oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. You're in band practice. Present this to them and come to a consensus. That makes this oh, slightly more yeah. legitimate. Okay. Yeah, do it. Okay. Okay, you're on live with random animals. All right. Uh, this is uh, the, last, the last episode of the uh, Stuck in the 90s, their podcast. They're doing a vote. Why don't you announce it again, Connor? We'll okay. get into the mic. Okay, so we had a March Dino Madness bracket, like to go in line with March Madness in the States, except fuck basketball, that's stupid. Dinosaurs are more fun. Although so, we did have the Toronto Raptor, and the he Toronto lost, Raptor was in. Unfortunately, yeah, he, hard. he got crushed a while ago. So it's come down to two 90s dinosaurs. The first is Green Yoshi, the second is Baby Sinclair from the television show Dinosaurs. So the question, the question is, who is the quintessential '90s dinosaur? Is it Green Yoshi or Baby Sinclair? Baby Sinclair. Oh, see, it was already divided. It's Yoshi because even like you will be, they don't know not come on. But we're talking about '90s only. Yeah, but it's timeless. Yoshi is timeless. That's the thing. It's the quintessential '90s dino. And also, Yoshi was introduced in the 80s, am I wrong? 90s. 90s. Yoshi was introduced in the 90s. Wow. So, you know what? I'm going to put the Not the Mama Sinclair Baby Dinosaur. Yeah. So, you have a 50-50 vote, I think. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) He does not care. So, uh, I think it's going to go to Sinclair. Sinclair, buddy. Yes! We did it! That did it. That's it. Gentlemen. Thank half of you very much. That is truly <laughs> the closest thing. Right, thanks, guys. Thank, thanks, guys. Thank you <laughs> very much. Bye. <laughs> okay, I don't know how much of that would have came through on the recording, but it was split through our friend Mark and his band. The Random Animals. Yeah. That's but great. Baby just, Sinclair prevailed. Yeah, it just came out for Baby Sinclair. Holy shit. As was foretold, my hands <sighs> and beer are in the air. I mean, like, I just don't care. A lot of points are valid. Yoshi is a timeless dinosaur. It's Baby true. Sinclair is very 90s. Green Yoshi is, I think, the most worthy Green Yoshi opponent. Green Yoshi is the OG Yoshi. He is the OG Yoshi. And that does it. That is, that is March Dino Madness. That is our closest by far. That was nuts. Like... We were tied, and then we consulted an outside source, and they were tied. And then he got pushed over the edge. Yeah. I don't think this could have ended in a better way. No, this is great stuff. Yeah, like, Green Yoshi, Baby Sinclair, they are both true dinosaurs of the 90s, but only one can make it through the mass extinction event that was March Dino Madness alive. Wow. 
And that baby, that frying pan, they prevailed. Tear to my eye. Mario jumped off. He fell off a cliff. Who knows what happened to him? He is in the abyss. Baby St. Clair, you are the winner of March Dino Madness. All the other opponents were not the mama. Yeah. 61 dinosaurs are dead. Green Yoshi hanging on by a hair. I'm so happy I could cry. (laughs) We did it. I'm disappointed. But you know what? I guess Green Yoshi couldn't have gone down to a better dinosaur. I'm glad you said two. I'm just like, do you remember the Festival of Lights in Niagara Falls? Yes. We had like one of the things I remember most is the city had some sort of contract with Disney. Oh, and there shit. Were, yeah, there were Toy I remember Story uh, light displays, you know, Pocahontas, uh, Snow White, all that stuff. And there was the quintessential dinosaurs display. Yeah. Baby St. Clair bashing Earl over the head with the frying pan. And it was like that that staggered light display. So, you know, the one where it'll show like. It's three frames, it, basically. It was, yeah, three frames of, like, the pan up high, the pan medium, then the pan coming down on Earl's head, yeah. and, like, a, a smacking light that lit up, like a staggered thing showing the impact of the pan. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. Like, that was there throughout the 90s, even into the mid-2000s. Yoshi didn't have a display in Niagara Falls. It's almost fitting. I'm, so, s- I'm so happy right now. I'm disappointed, but congratulations, Baby Sinclair. Congratulations you are to Baby the Sinclair. winner of March Dino Madness. You are not the weakest link. <laughs> Did we ever it. talk about the weakest link? That was in the 90s. No, nah, that, that had to have been a 2000 show. Yeah, and who true. wants to be a millionaire was like very, very late. Yeah, shout out to Regis Philbin for still being alive, I think. He's probably in his 90s. He is stuck in his 90s. Does that count? Yeah. No. Oh, it um, does now. Okay, what else? Do we have anything else actually on the docket? Um, I want to talk about, okay, I want to know, what is your favorite, do you have a favorite Simpsons episode from the 90s? Ooh, I don't know. There are hundreds of Simpsons episodes in the 90s. Is there one that stands out among the rest? Do you have one? I I think so. I'm not prepared to answer this question. You go first. Summer of Four Foot Two. Okay. That is the episode where they uh, use the Flanders beach house. And Lisa changes her personality to fit in with the cool kids. Oh, yeah. There's something about that episode that almost encapsulates the decade and is just a great Simpsons episode. There's good Millhouse riffs. There's good Bart. There's good Lisa. And ultimately, it's just a good episode. I just feel strongly about that one. It's one of the ones I can watch over and over and feel good about. Also, I'm going to get off on a little bit of a tangent here. Movies, music, popular culture in general has the summer. Music always references, you know, that that one summer that stands out among the rest. You've got... Summer of 69. Exactly. Brian Adams with the summer of 69. You've got a lot of things just talking about that summer, that that perfect summer. For some of you, I'm sure that summer happened in the 90s. I don't know if I had that summer and I don't know when that summer took place. Maybe 2007, maybe 2008, because we're generally we skew a little bit younger. Yeah. But we all have that summer that stands out in our memories as being the perfect summer. And I'm sure for a lot of people, that was in the 90s. And I feel like... Summer of Four Foot Two, it has a lot of that. It has that beach. It has that carnival-y beach town kind of feel to it. And it just makes me feel like it encapsulates that perfect time. I remember 
the first episode of The Simpsons that I have ever seen. Okay. I was, I think, in grade three. I was over at my friend Andy's house. and it, really? Yeah. Well, we, he was a kid, normal kid at the time, and I was also a normal kid at the time. One of us went on to be a normal kid, and the other one was Andy. But that said, it was the episode where they sawed off Jedediah Springfield's head. That was the first episode I'd seen. That might be the first episode I remember. That's funny. That's really weird. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was that episode. And like my my family was always like pretty health oriented. Like we didn't have a ton of sugary snacks when I was a kid. Like this is going a, a bit too deep. But like I had a weird stomach problem where my stomach didn't make enough acid. So I ate apples a lot. So like there were a lot of like fruits and vegetables in my house all of the time. And I remember we watched that episode on his like big TV in the basement and then we came upstairs and they had literally a large plate with Twinkies on it. And it was Makes the happiest sense. I can remember being up until that point. That I'd, sounds great. I had never seen a plate full of Twinkies. And to be honest, I haven't since. Like, were they depackaged? <laughs> Unwrapped Twinkies. Just like nicely built into like a tiny pyramid. That's insane and wonderful at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's got to associate happy memories. It does. Yeah, there's no way you can get around that. Yeah. All right, my next question. Yes. Do we pad for time or do we pause when I really have to go to the bathroom? I mean, you can just go to the bathroom. It's fine. All right. So. This is unavoidable. (laughs) I don't know if you heard that, but Chris ran off and said, this is unavoidable. So I don't know what things will look like moving forward. Obviously, this isn't going to be a show. But, you know, we've gotten to know some of you over time. And I don't want that to fizzle out. I think we'll keep the Facebook open, the Instagram, let's be real. We were never particularly good at Instagram. It probably won't be touched. But I know that we'll keep doing projects. Like, I've been writing a book on how to lose weight because I used to be really fat. Now I'm only kind of chunky. So at some point when I'm done writing that, if I can get that damn thing published, you'll hear about it. I know that Chris is pretty inclined to keep doing projects. Obviously, we've still got coloring books. I've got 300 of those damn things in my house. Talia loves that, by the way. So that's still a thing. I think it is very fair to say that you were all a big part of our lives for a long time. Two and almost a half years is a long time to do a weekly show and interact with people who, you know, you don't really know. That's kind of crazy to think about. I don't know if I've ever told the story in the podcast. Uh, Chris has heard it, though, so I, I feel comfortable telling it when he's not here. I was sauntering back anyway. I was out with Talia and her parents and family friends learning how to cook Indian food. And I checked, like, the podcast stats, I would check, like, once an hour. And it was pretty embarrassing because we'd go from, like, three downloads to five. Like, we were nowhere. And I remember being out at this restaurant in Dundas, Ontario, called India Village doing a cooking class and our downloads went from like 22 to like 108 and like I looked at Talia and I was like holy shit our downloads just shot up and her her dad gave me a weird look for saying holy shit (laughs) and I I explained to him that 22 people over three days had downloaded our podcast and then somehow five times that many people had just found us and what had happened, I had learned the next day, was that we were promoted on the, the front page of the iTunes Canada store. And so I think that first episode is well over 3,000 downloads. I know we don't really talk about numbers 
all that much. Um, no point avoiding it now. No, I guess. yeah, no point avoiding it now. But that was insane, and all of a sudden we had an actual audience, and I assume that many of you came from that, or you know, word of mouth from that, or maybe found us online somewhere. I don't really know where I'm going with this, aside from saying that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It's a weird feeling when something you make gets mildly popular. Not popular enough that people are impressed, but popular enough that you're impressed. <laughs> I mean, we we got some people on board, and I just hope that we've managed to entertain you over the past two and a half years. I hope so, too. Yeah. Genuinely. I missed half of that conversation, but... Yeah, there wasn't much. I feel like I was on board with everything that just happened. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, where are we at? Um, I don't know if I have all that much to add. Obviously, we know that there are topics we missed. There are video games we missed and movies and TV shows and yeah. toys. Like, we never actually talked about Cabbage Patch dolls. Those were a big 90s thing. The 90s were a big decade, and we've covered a lot of what we like, and I'm sure we've missed out on a lot of what we like, too. Do you have a favorite Seinfeld episode? Ooh. I don't know um, if I can peg one down. Oh, Kenny Rogers Roasters is a classic. I, I, I think I think that's my favorite one, specifically for the part where Jerry becomes Kramer and Kramer becomes Jerry when they swap apartments. I've talked about this before. I am Kramer in that instance. I want that chicken so bad. <laughs> that is my white whale. I want Great that white chicken. buffalo. I want that cornbread so bad. Oh, what I would do. For just one more Kenny Rogers Roasters. There's a small Canadian chain called Licks. They started in Toronto. They branched out. They got big enough in southern Ontario. And then they receded. They used to sing your order. It was strange. Mm -hmm. Last year at the CNE, I had a Licks burger. They're very good. They are very good. But in my mind, I was like, this may be the last Licks burger I ever have. That's hard to think about. And I was okay with it. I came to terms with that. So brave. And it was all right. I want that with Kenny Rogers Roasters so bad. Just one give me that chance. chicken one more fucking time. One more fucking God chance, Kenny. Give me that chicken. Give me that cornbread. And I I can come to terms with it. He's a broken man. Just give me that fucking chicken. Give me that chicken, Kenny. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. Give me that chicken, please. It was a good chicken restaurant. If you never experienced it, it was tasty chicken. It's the wood that makes it good. And it was a really good episode of Seinfeld, too. It really was. Yeah. I don't know if it's overall my favorite, but it may connect with me personally very well after you just heard that on Hinge Rain. I think that's as good a, a note as any. We've got a couple more things to talk about. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm open to that, too. All right. One thing that I've had in our notes for the last year is two words. Weird cults, question mark. Kool-Aid. I never managed to do the We never did the this. 90s cults episode. Yeah. So I'm just going to try to pull out what I can. Waco, Texas. That happened in the 90s, I think. Yeah. There were episodes of the X-Files that really centered on weird cults. <laughs> okay. Weird cults, I really think, were a big thing in the 90s. Someone reached out to us talking about the weird cults of the 90s. Oh, that's true. You guys know this. Weird cults were a thing. The Simpsons did uh, the Movementarians episode where Homer and family are brainwashed by this weird cult, the Movementarians. This is a thing. If we were to continue, eventually maybe I would have done the research, but it's a lot of work. If anyone else if anyone else out there is doing a 90s podcast, or even a podcast that spans the decades, the 20th century, anything like that, try to do the research that we never got around to. 
Weird cults were a thing in the 90s. Fucking David Koresh. You know that's out there. The the purple Kool-Aid, all that shit. It is out there. There was the one episode of, yeah, it was an X-Files episode. It was a really good one where they storm in on the cult right after they do the suicide stuff and... Fuck, it's a deep episode. If you're into the if you're into the X-Files, you know what I'm talking about. Like it hits hard. Like it's an emotional episode. I cannot think of the name for the life of me, but that was a thing. That was the one thing I really wanted to address on the podcast, but if you want to do some extra research, some little homework, look up the weird cults of the 90s. There are some. Okay, speaking um, of of deep issues, shoot from the hip. One of the last few episodes covered this issue. For you, when did the 1990s end? You first. September 11th, 2001. That is a really good answer. I don't know. I mean, September 11th is a really good time to end the 90s. That is when a lot of things changed. Everything. Oh, yeah. There was... For in North American culture. Obviously, this didn't hit Europe in the the same way, but... No, there's a horrible tragedy in North America, and things haven't been the same since. No. That was, in a way, a change, you know, our lives changed from that point forward. So that is one way that the 90s end ended. Maybe July 24th, 2001 for me. That is when NSYNC released their Celebrity album. That is what Justin Timberlake brought up in the pop music video. That is one cap to it. September 11th is probably better. Purists will go with, obviously, December 31st, 1999. They're wrong. But I think what we're really trying to get at is the 90s, it is a, it's a state of mind. It lives in your heart. For some people, the 90s started with New Kids on the Block. It ended with maybe the Backstreet Boys coming to fame. There's a lot of different factors, and the 90s are what's inside of each and every one of us. For every one of us, it ended at a different time, it began at a different time. None of us, neither of us remember January 1st, 1990, but we we definitely remember 99. And we all cling on to it in our own ways. I've still got all my old baseball cards that aren't worth anything and my POG collection that I'll eventually retire on. Mm -hmm. We've all got toys clinging around or maybe we still play Mario games or yeah, you've got a favorite 90s album that you you know, CD you keep in yeah. your car or something. I there are out. ways that we all cling on to that point in our lives. And I think that's what Chris and I and all of you have bonded over over this last two and a half years. Yeah, the 90s were different to all of us, but also kind of the same. I recently found out that my girlfriend's parents, they're really good at Dr. Mario. Oh, okay. Yeah, technically 80s, but I'm sure they played it throughout the 90s. And... Yeah, the 90s is a different thing to all of us. It manifests in different ways, whether it's the movies of the time, Men in Black, uh, Independence Day, all things like that. (laughs) Two Will Smith movies. (laughs) Two Will Smith movies about aliens. No matter which Will Smith movie you enjoyed in the 90s, it's different for all of us. Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air. Or, sorry, or TV show. Yeah, music. Were you into the the new Millennium people? Were you into, like, Alanis Morissette and stuff like that? Were you into... Nirvana? Were you into Green Day? How did you, you not into... keep that rolling with Will Smith? <laughs> I thought you were. <laughs> I'm trying to broaden it a little bit. I disagree with with doing that. Yeah, I think what we really want to say is a huge shout out to every single person who has ever downloaded and listened to an episode of Stuck in the '90s. Because without you, like the '90s is nothing. The '90s is 
shared experiences. Well, it's yeah, it's it's, it's our the, memories. It's that the we memory have with of each it. other. If it weren't for all of us buying all of these silly little toys and trinkets, or going back and trying to get old Nintendo sixty four games, like we would move on. I think it's very fair to say that we live in an entirely disposable culture, but clearly there are parts that we still care about and that we try and hold on to. Yeah. The 90s are the memories that we share with each other. They're the collective experiences that we had. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Back to Will Smith. <laughs> big Willie style. Will Smith is a big part of the 90s. Did you ever see him do that Rubik's Cube? That was dope. No. It was in an episode. Without the shared memories, without the shared experiences, it's just another decade. So thank everyone who's ever listened to this podcast and everyone who's ever liked the 90s and remembered anything about it in a positive fashion, because that's why we've done this. That's why we did Stuck in the 90s, because it's a fun time to share with everyone. And thank you very sincerely for coming along for the ride. We appreciate it. It's been fun. But for now, possibly forever, the podcast podcast is now now over. over. I don't feel good saying that, though. I know. Like, it's strange. It is. Like we said, maybe we'll come back for a special. Maybe we'll do a YouTube thing. Who knows? Just let the 90s live on with you. You know what? I will post a link when I actually finally do it to the 3D Jar Jar Binks puzzle that my parents (laughs) bought me in 1999 that I never actually opened because I was a shit kid, but found last year. Yeah, the podcast page will remain active. If you want to get in touch with us, we're going to be there. We'll post stuff from time to time. We're still around. Yeah, we still love the 90s. We're going to leave it to you to remember remember what you loved about that decade. Sometimes you have to grow up. Ugh, that's a hard thing to say. We're both really bordering 30 now. I don't want to talk about it. I know. Guys... It has been a blast. Thank you and good night.